1: Hey, everyone, this is Charles Davis, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show.
0: And welcome
2: to The Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, and Spotify is where you find us, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on Twitter. On the line with us now, um, you could say he is the iconic voice in Madden that you hear. Uh, Madden 18, and of course, NFL on Fox, NFL Network. NFL and college football analyst Charles Davis CFD22 on Twitter Charles down in the lovely uh, 90 95 degree maybe 100 degree Florida Charles appreciate you coming on the show man how you doing
1: I'm doing great Jake Th- Jake thanks for having me on appreciate
2: it Yes sir football is around the corner but I really want to start with Madden because um it interests me my friend notified me I didn't even realize that apparently now you do like a new broadcast like to keep the game fresh every week. Can you take me through uh the work with Madden and broadcasting that?
1: Yeah, sure. It's 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 been a lot of fun. I was lucky enough to get added to the Madden franchise last season, so it would have been for the two thousand and seventeen game, the uh the, the Madden game that had Gronk on the cover of it. Mm-hmm. And I work with a guy by the name of Brandon Godin who also works with Big Ten Network, Westwood One Radio, formerly the voice of Georgia Tech Athletics, and before that, Butler, when they were going to the Final Four in basketball. So he and I teamed together as the play-by-play and the color analyst on it. And last year, Madden, the, the, the people at Madden in their infinite wisdom, thought, you know, it would be, what would really be nice for our franchise and for our players uh, who participate in the game is to do updates each week. And so each week after the Sunday games, we go in and we do stuff on a a Monday and a Tuesday that you can download into the game when they're they're ready to release it, which is usually probably Wednesday of each week. And so you have fresh commentary about the games, about the season that go on on a weekly basis. We don't guarantee that we'll get it done every week just in case uh, we have travel issues or other things come up. But last year we were able to do – I think if we didn't do every week, we did almost every week during the regular season and then all the way through the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So we think that's a nice little benefit for the uh the the great people who play the Madden game.
2: Were you before you got this job, were you a big Madden player? No,
1: not at all. Truthfully. Hmm. Um you know, I don't know if that's the right thing or the wrong thing to say, but I wasn't a huge player of it at all. But my son, who's now 19, he and his friends played it like crazy. Oh, yeah. So I was very well aware of Madden. And, and, look, you can't work in our business, as you know, Jake, and mm-hmm. go around and, and meet players and not hear the Madden game talked about. Oh, no. Before I even got the job, I was reflecting on every time I went in to do a game, didn't matter if I said both teams – someone would say something along the lines of oh yeah last week what he did to us it's like something out of Madden." Mm -hmm. or boy how about that movie put on but it's like out of the madden game Mm -hmm. so it's ubiquitous in the in the in the nfl and because there is no ncaa game now the college kids play the heck out of it as well so there are always a lot of different madden references that come up
2: yeah and your son must feel like a super super superstar you got pops (laughs) calling the game uh, well, it's so plays. funny.
1: It's the first. I tell people all the time. It's the first time I believe I ever got street cred from my son.
0: <laughs> you know, there
1: I was calling college football. I did three national championship games for Fox. You know, i, I did the big the, did the Appalachian State Michigan game, Boise State Oklahoma. You know, I called NFL games for a bunch of years, and this is the first time. I believe I got street cred from my son. When I told him I was doing Madden, and I got the same from his friends as well. It's kind of like before. I was like, "Oh yeah, Mr. Davis, he calls games." Now Madden. Now, now I got to be kind of cool for once in my life. So I'm pretty appreciative of that.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, today's day and age, you play Madden to go be cool. You got to go viral to be cool. You got to hit a dab like in the background <laughs> on TV to be cool. You're uh, right. So <laughs> it's, it's street cred is different uh, now than what it used to be. Now. Um, Speaking of the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma-Boise State game, that was the yeah. Statue of Liberty game, right? Um, yeah. Is that the most iconic? Uh, I keep using iconic. Is that the greatest game you've called, or which game tops the list?
1: Well, it's right up there with, I'd say, Appalachian State-Michigan. Yeah. I'd, say, I'd say with both of those. The Appalachian State-Michigan game was the first ever event on Big Ten Network. So that's how Big Ten Network came on air. Was that ball game? Wow. So what a way to get started. Now for the Big Ten itself, they weren't too crazy about the idea that you know a preseason top five team and a, and and a top level program like Michigan got beat. But it really helped establish it because everybody needed the highlights. So mm-hmm. everybody had to come through Big Ten Network and they got on the map in a hurry for that. So those two games probably right at the top of the list. Um, just because of, of the impact that they had in college football. I've called a bunch of very good pro football games, but you know as well as I do, unless it's in the playoffs or it's the Super Bowl, they don't resonate quite the same way as a regular season game might in college football, and that's what Appalachian State Michigan did. And then, of course, for Boise and Oklahoma, that was David and Goliath, and that was a bowl game. That was the Fiesta Bowl, mm-hmm. and Boise went undefeated. That's Chris Peterson's first year as a head coach at Boise State, and boy, he hasn't really looked back since, has he?
2: No, he hasn't. Um, in the broadcast booth this year, Charles, you're going to be there with Kevin Burkhardt, who I love as a yeah. as a Mets fan. He used to be part of the Mets broadcast crew, and Jay Cutler. How do you think Jay Cutler is going to fare here and as he's making the transition, as most players are, to the broadcast world? Well, I
1: think that for people who have watched Jay, been you know observed Jay for all the years, he's been a starting quarterback in the NFL. One thing I urge everyone to keep in mind is, when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, your job isn't to please us as fans and reporters. Mm-hmm. Your job is to please your team. So we've seen him in that role, and that doesn't mean that he he owes us a soundbite every week. He owes us a, a great press conference. He owes us any of that. In this situation now, he understands where, where, where things are different, where he gets to break down the game, talk it through the eyes of, of, of him playing as a quarterback in the NFL as a starter for 11 seasons, understand the strengths and weaknesses of these teams. Remember, he just came off the playing field. So I'm pretty sure that he's got a pretty good book on defensive coordinators in the league, no matter where they are now, and how he would attack them throughout time. So I think we, we're going to get a different side of Jay Cutler that we haven't seen before. So I'm really excited to see how that goes. And remember this, Jake, when they decided to make Kevin Burkhardt, who I agree with you wholeheartedly, is one of the best in the business and, and mm-hmm. there can't be a better person. Mm-hmm. When they decided to put Kevin with Jay Cutler, I was brought in as the additional person. Okay, I think I was brought in to help ease the transition for Jay. You know, I've worked in three-man booths numerous times now. I worked it last year with Chris Spielman. I worked it in the BCS with Barry Alvarez. I worked it with Jim Moore when he was out of uh, coaching for a while before he went back to UCLA. So I'm very comfortable with that and understand the mechanics pretty well. And I'm there to help Jay make that transition into being a broadcaster. Now, I'm also a peer and a colleague, so it's not just me there to carry Jay because he'll be able to do all that on his own. But I think that I can assist him a little bit in just, just how things go in the beginning. And let's be honest about it. When I outlive my usefulness, when Jay doesn't need me anymore, we'll find out what the next chapter is for me. But until then, <laughs> I'm there to be a good teammate for him and Kevin and Pam Oliver on our sideline.
2: Hey, give yourself some credit, bro. Jay Cutler could be the one getting thrown out of that booth. I don't know <laughs> about that.
1: You know, I don't ever look at it that way, Jake. I always look at it like, oh, this is your this is your job. This is what you're there to do. I'm there to call a game as well, not just be a total caddy, but at the same time being a good teammate is paramount in this situation to make sure that Kevin, Jay, myself, Pam were all comfortable and that we put out there, put out a good product because Kevin's coming off of working with John Lynch who did an excellent job before becoming a general manager for the 49ers. It's up to us to be up to Kevin's standard.
2: Yeah, and Kevin, a guy I met a couple of years ago, Met spring training and you just knew he was going to be a star and one of the best in the business is he's starting to take over as uh, some guys are a rod taking over the Fox uh, baseball side and that is not uh, crazy at all we all knew that was coming and not a bad looking trio Charles Davis (laughs) Jay Cutler Kevin Burkhart uh, the ladies uh, will have to be pushed away from the entrance (laughs) of the broadcast booth Um, that'll be interesting another guy who Ladies might have to be pushed away. Tony Romo is joining the booth for CBS. Uh, I think he'll be a pretty good broadcaster. What do you think?
1: I do, too. I do as well. and I'm optimistic for him and wish him all the best, the same, obviously, as I do with Jay. Here's where Tony, I think, in some ways, I'm not going to say it's an advantage, but I think this is where Tony gets a very nice entrance in. Mm -hmm. Jim Nance has worked for multiple years with Phil Simms. Now, whether he wanted to be away from Phil, not wanting to, he knows the business. They've they've moved people around. They get that. But at the end of the day, you know what else happens? Jim Nance kind of gets a rebirth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He gets Mm -hmm. a chance to really be a mentor as well as a colleague here because he can help break Tony in and show him the ropes. And remember, they both love golf. That mutual golf love is a huge deal. So they've probably been out playing golf and chopping it up that way and working on the rehearsal games. So I think that ultimately there's a lot of uh, freshness that comes along with that when you start over with a new person, especially someone like Tony, who brings that experience off of the field. And then, of course, off the field for both of them, away from the booth for both of them, they have that mutual love of golf that could morph into so many other things. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if those two are a hit right out of the gate.
2: Yeah, you know there'll be a forty-one nothing Patriots lead, and Tony and Jim are going to be talking about their handicap. Uh, oh, no or, doubt. Or what
1: course they just played that day, <laughs> <laughs> and where they're headed for the next one. Yeah. You know, is, is for 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 people who may not remember, Jim Nance was a golfer in college at the University of Houston. He huh. and Freddie Couples in the golf world that's well known. But you know, for some of the younger people coming up, it's like, oh, okay. I thought he was just a guy who called the Masters. So he loves to play as well as obviously commentate on it. And I think that in time, Tony will end up doing some golf commentary as well for CPS. would not surprise me one bit.
2: The new dynamic duo of Phil, or not Phil. Phil was the one kicked out. It's uh, Tony and Jim. Charles Davis joining us from Fox and Fox Sports on the Jake Brown Show. Um, heading into training camp here. What are you looking, at, looking for as some of the top storylines and what you're going to be watching for here in these first couple of weeks uh, at training camp?
1: Well, number one, we, what you watch for is you, you hope no catastrophic injuries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't it funny? When I say funny, and I'm not saying ha-ha funny, but every year we, we're so excited for the start of training camp, and our first stories that usually trickle out of training camps that open are guys that get hurt in their testing runs right? When they come back, each team has a certain test that they want the guys to show that they've been working out all summer and they're in shape. This guy tweaked the quad. This guy did a hamstring. This guy didn't finish it because he's not in shape. Those are usually the early stories, all right? The next thing is, okay, how often are you going to play certain people in preseason? Well, we know if you're a top running back, you're likely to be in bubble wrap and not play. If you're a quarterback, you're going to be used sporadically, and probably the most in that third preseason game. Well, the first preseason game is always the Hall of Fame game. Well, at Arizona-Dallas, Bruce Arians has already announced that Carson Palmer, his quarterback, and Larry Fitzgerald, his his receiver, are not going to play in that game because they have the extra preseason game. But what I'm really eager to see is not just how the rookies acclimate and those that are going to have instant impact on their teams. Like Carolina drafted two Flyers and Christian McCaffrey Right and Curtis Samuel out of, mm-hmm. out of Ohio State. They wanted to infuse that speed and easy completions for Cam Newton. Well, they acclimate quickly. But how about guys who are free agents or got traded and made big moves? I can't wait to see Brandon Cooks working with Tom Brady because I know Brandon Cooks. I've known him from co- since college. As soon as that trade was announced, I think I tweeted something along the lines of, don't be surprised if Brandon Cooks goes on vacation with Tom and Giselle this year because he's going <laughs> to want to absorb the playbook and be as close to his quarterback as possible. And essentially that has happened. So I can't wait to see all those people, how they've moved, how things have gone. And that's the easy stuff. The next part, of course, is once we get into the season, there's always a hangover for the team that lost the Super Bowl, and no one lost it in, in worse fashion than Atlanta did last year. They are good enough to get back there again this year. But will that linger on them? Will that be an issue? And I have to be honest with you. When I saw Matt Ryan talk about how he didn't like the play calling in the Super Bowl for the first time, that really knocked me off my feet, Jake, because I didn't expect mm-hmm. to hear that at all from
2: Matt. Yeah, of all guys, too, Matt Ryan to say that. It was very interesting. Um, are, are the Patriots going to be able to be stopped here? You add Brandon Cooks <laughs> to the mix, and if Gronk could just stay on the field and we're not seeing right. at, at wedding receptions uh, spiking the flowers, <laughs> if he could just stay on the field, it seems like they're unstoppable, Charles.
1: It does, doesn't it? I don't think anyone won an off season better than the Patriots did before we even got to the draft. What do you think, Jake? I mean, I agree, yeah. the moves that they made and, and, and what they added to an already strong Super Bowl team. And one thing I had to keep reminding myself, the team that just won this Super Bowl, there were only, what, 14 or 15 guys from the one that won two seasons ago against Seattle? Mm-hmm. So they churn a roster and turn it over really well, but they also develop players, coach them up really well in addition. And to see that change and see that happen, and as you said, if they can keep Gronk on the field, well, last year Gronk missed what the last 11 games. They went 11 and 0 without Gronk mm-hmm. when he did not play. Well, Martellus Bennett was there. So what did they do this year to stopgap themselves? They went and got Dwayne Allen from the Colts. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're doing, they, you know, in terms of, of picking up free agents, plugging holes. But the best thing that they've got going for them is. Guys that end up in New England understand that they don't perform at a high level. They can and will be cut. Other places, it's not like that. If, if you spend a lot of money on guys, the owner's not going to let you cut them. They're going to say, you got to find a way to get them better and make it happen. If, if 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 Bill Belichick thinks you're done or you're not giving him what he's looking for, you're gone. And I think that that helps motivate those guys when they get to New England that they understand that they're not above that team. And there's very few teams in the league that can say that.
2: I almost completely forgot that the Patriots got Dwayne Allen. Though. It's going to be <laughs> scary. That seems like I mean, they had such ago. an
1: incredible offseason. You're just yeah. sitting there going, well, you know, this
2: this this plethora of riches.
1: Oh yeah, Dwayne Allen. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to enjoy playing with Tom Brady because he's a heck of a receiving tight end.
2: Yeah, and if Gronk stays on the field, that's a one-two punch. That's just scary. Yeah, that's to, huge. to think about. And then speaking of we we'll go to the polar opposite, not knowing what they're doing. It's the New York Jets. Um, is this going to be a 1-15, a in 0-16 year? Like, What do you do in the Jets land? Is it just tank for Darnold or, or Rosen at this point? What do they do?
1: I don't think you go in that direction because so many things happen along the way. That, that you just can't guarantee it. It's a little bit different than your your basketball, I think, because you don't get ping pong balls that, that do it. You'd have to just flat out just throw your helmet on the field and say we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I don't see them. I don't see that happening. McCown's there to be the the, 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 the stopgap guy. We know they'd love to pick up a Sam Darnold, a Jake Allen, excuse me, a Josh Allen out of Wyoming. Whoever those top quarterbacks are going to be when they come out. But at the same time, they're still sitting there saying, we've got to know what we have in Bryce Petty. We definitely have to find out what we have in Christian Hackenberg because to spend a two on him last year and get a redshirt year in a day and age where you draft quarterbacks, they tend to play earlier rather than later. They've got to know what they've got going and going forward right now. Defensively, I think they can have a bounce-back season if guys come to play. And that's the big one. Last year, let's just be honest about it. Did they get everything they were supposed to have gotten out of Muhammad Wilkerson, no. right, out of, out, of, out of all their, all their big-time players? They really didn't. And they retooled the secondary. You notice how they re- changed things up. They immediately drafted the youngsters, Jamal Adams being the primary guy, came back with Marcus May from Florida. So they wanted a change in the locker room, a change in the secondary, and whether or not that's going to translate into a whole lot of wins, which I don't think it will. I think ultimately they will struggle. But I also don't think that they're just going to tank to try and get the quarterback. I think they'll, they'll give a lot more effort than that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I do think they'll give an effort. It will be an effort that comes short uh, almost yeah, every it's, it's week. Yeah,
1: it's going to be tough, though. It's going to yeah. be really tough. I the, mean, McCown's what two and twenty in his last two, twenty-two starts.
2: And who's he not throwing all to? His fault, but yeah. that's
1: just that's just kind of what you've got. <laughs> a, a great guy understands systems. People like him, but ultimately, he, he doesn't win a whole lot of games. And he's not going to be a guy that put a team on his back and win that way. So will other pieces jump up and get to become better than what we expect? That's what the Jets will need on offense.
2: Yeah, and I just don't know who McCown's going to throw to. The Jets got rid of almost everyone on the receiving yeah. core. Um,
1: if, if if you're stretched and ready to go, you can get a tryout before camp's, camp's over. So yeah. go ahead and get ready, Jake.
2: Hey, uh, Kelvin Benjamin got bigger. If they if the Jets need an over, overweight wide receiver, I'm here <laughs> uh, an hour away. <laughs> I'll be a little tight end. I'll do that a, makes
1: two of us, brother.
2: <laughs> do some blocking. Um, we're talking with Charles Davis, Colin Kaepernick. Will this guy get signed? Do you think at some point will someone I wait do. to get him, or does, should he go to the CFL?
1: I think that, I think that someone will sign him. I think somewhere around the September one time frame. Mm-hmm. Let's just wait and see and see where the injuries happen because they always do. You know, and, and, and somewhere along the way, someone will do it. Now it's going to take an organization that I'm not going to say is blind to PR, because that would be wrong, but we'll understand that at the end of the day there was going to be a protest and an outcry. But if he produces, that protest and outcry goes away quickly. Michael Vick coming back from one of the most heinous things ever with the dog with the dog fighting. Before long, he was turning it around and turning in a heck of a Pro Bowl season for Philadelphia, and the pickets and the protests really died and went away. Mm-hmm. That's what happens, and we're talking about a guy who, in his protest because when you start dealing with lassie, as I call it, right you mess with Lassie, that's what Vic did with the dogs. You mess with the American flag. people are going to come down on you big time, but if you play well, if your team plays well, people may not agree with you, but they're going to see the bigger thing. they're going to see their team, they're going to see people play. That's why when I heard the Giants talking about, well, we can't sign them because our season ticket holders would revolt they they turn in their season tickets. I get that, but I'm also from New York, Jake. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that their season ticket list isn't out the roof, like 40-, 50-year waiting list for season tickets. A lot of people, if you turn in season tickets, they're going to fill those in a heartbeat, okay? So Mm -hmm. they may not like what he did. They may not like this, but I don't think you're going to all of a sudden have a half-empty stadium in New York because Colin Kaepernick had had taken a knee and, and, and filed his protest and if you follow everything he did beyond that he did put his money where his mouth is he does he does try and do a lot of great things out there but we, there's just there's just no winning when you go against the flag in the united states of america you're not going to win that battle
2: i would agree with that um, another guy who's available and who will be available uh... who is never afraid to be in the headlines at least on tmz on a weekly basis is johnny madzel is is Johnny going to get picked up would you give him another shot or is he finished
1: I would have to really really do my homework on that one um uh, my initial thought would be no because I've I've seen Johnny actually called some of his games in college you know dealt with him as a pro when he really wasn't mature enough to to deal with people the proper way he would have to really show an incredible makeover because he's been a very entitled young man from a very early age who got away with murder so many times, that I don't know that he understands how to really grind it out and how to do things the right way consistently. We all say we're going to make a change, but is it sustained? Is it real? Will it last? He's going to have to convince a whole lot of people of that. Because talent-wise, yeah, you're going to want to take a look at it. But he had numerous opportunities and didn't take advantage of them or even close to it. And then with all the -the off-the-field stuff, yeah, you'd have to do a deep dive to find out if Johnny's really serious about playing ball. You know, Vince Young was just a cover guy. You saw that, Jake, and, and Sports mm-hmm. those are, where are they now? And I just read the article just the other day and was struck by how it vacillated back and forth where Vince was taking responsibility in one paragraph, then the next paragraph blaming someone else, then taking responsibility, then blaming Jeff Fisher. Then take... I don't know that even today that he ultimately gets it. Mm-hmm. And we, that's what you'd have to find out with Johnny.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he'll he'll play in another league somewhere. Have you followed this uh, flag football league at all with To and Otras? You know,
1: I've heard I've heard about it. I know that they, they, they got it off the ground, and guys, you know, guys are out there running around and playing. And it's a lot like the uh, Big Three in basketball, mm-hmm. where you have some real headliners, but the headline guys are probably not going to be the ones that keep the league going in terms of play. They're the ones that kind of bring you in with attention to the league, like Vic did the, you know, the seven on seven and what have you. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately there will be someone that emerges out of there, maybe someone you've never heard of, that will get a tryout in the NFL. It's just like arena football. It's just like you know all sorts of semi-pro stuff. Someone always emerges, and you give them an opportunity. Some of them make it. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm I good. should
1: I should say some of them make it. Most of them don't. Yeah, it's kind of how it works.
2: Yeah, I'm curious to see if T O or Ocho's got anything left in the tank before we Yeah,
1: I just can't I just can't see either one of them. I'll just put it on the record and when they see me they'll wanna punch me in the mouth. <laughs> but it's done.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> they can talk all they want about I'm still in shape, I'm this, I'm that. It's done.
2: Yeah, and I can't. Okay? can't I can't happen. imagine they're uh, this is that's their goal out of this. If they are they're a little delusional. Uh
1: yeah, you know. Part part of be part part of chasing those dreams is being a little Walter Mitty, right? Being yeah. able to have that and do it. I just don't think that if where they are in this in, in this time frame, being away from the game as long as they have been, that they could come back out there and make that work.
2: But who knows anymore with with Tim T boating three thirty in the minor leagues. You just how about that? You just don't know. How about know? that.
1: Hey, apparently the the Mets knew what they were talking about about the way his swing was going when he was hitting two twenty, they saw something the rest of us didn't see and more power to Tim, you know. A lot of that, Jake, I think is, 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 and I've said it, and I'm just going to speak for myself, I don't expect him to be a Major League Baseball player. Mm-hmm. I think that ultimately it all kind of crashes back down, and, 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 and but it's a wonderful story. He moves the needle in terms of merchandise, in terms of people in the seats, people like the young man. I'm not coming down on him for anything. He's always been wonderful to, to work with for me. I just think that ultimately he's not going to be a Major League player, but... There's a jealous part of me that wishes I had an opportunity to do something like that. Tim Tim has got a chance. And here's the thing. He's not afraid to put himself out there. And and we all said, well, he's going to look ridiculous. He didn't care. Mm -hmm. He went out and gave it a shot, and it's continuing to go pretty well for him. So more power to him. He's able to pull that off. Will he be a big-time major league player? I doubt it very seriously. Will the Mets call him up in September? I'd be shocked if they don't.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think they should call them the way they're playing right now. Yeah, why not? I mean, sell some tickets. I mean, they they cannot sell out right now unless they're giving away a Thor figurine as they did on Saturday. Um, I'd
1: bring him up. Jake, I'd bring him up and tell everybody he's sitting in the lineup, going to hit in the three hole the rest of the season. <laughs> come, come, come! Buy your tickets.
2: Yeah, I think September that's something they'll have to consider as much of a joke as it may be. The guy, you're right. I mean, when they said he was hitting 220, they're like, "Oh, he has great exit velocity," and everyone yeah, was we you know, were we laughing. Were
1: cra- I don't know about you, but I was cracking. Up I was cracking I was up. Out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I said
1: exit velocity. That, what's, that, what's that? What's that? A new term for strikeout? <laughs> and. You know, he's he's doing very well right now. Yeah. For whatever reason, he moved up to a higher grade of ball, and he's playing very well, and I'm happy for him. It's, it's a great story. You know, I, I often tell people all the time, I really wish there were, had been room for the NFL for him to get one more shot as great. a starting quarterback with a full 16-game sample where you just had to deal with what it was game in and game out. Mm-hmm. Because with Tim as a head coach, what you're dealing with is – You're likely to be 5 of 17 throwing the ball into the fourth quarter, and then when you need that big drive, somehow Tim stuck the ball on people and he would make things happen. But it puts so much pressure on your defense to keep you in a game each and every week. I don't know that there's enough uh, antacids for for coaches to be able to have that in their stomach all the time and work that way. But I always wish we'd been able to see that full 16-game sample because for those who think that Tim Tebow got a raw deal as an NFL quarterback, I just want him to be able to watch it one more time. Remember that Broncos team that he took to the playoffs? Mm -hmm. They did it gimmicky, and he threw for less than 50%. Mm -hmm. That is just not sustainable in today's NFL.
2: Yeah, I agree 100%, though, where he didn't necessarily get the best deal. I mean, he went to the Jets, and that was just a disaster. And how they said they were going to use him. They didn't use him like that. And. The Eagles right. was a disaster. And, I mean, after that Denver situation, what he did there, it was wild how it worked. But, I mean, they were, what, 3-8 and eight and they won five straight. And then they go in the Pittsburgh so and playoff. win in Pittsburgh in a playoff game, which is unheard of. So I do – And uh, and, I, I and do, won do.
1: it on a big throw by Tim.
2: Yeah. Cause yeah.
1: Because that throw wasn't just simply, you know, receiver making a catch and going. He put a nice throw on Demarius Thomas mm-hmm. and had him moving away from the defense. And off he went and they won the game. The flip side was the very next week with New England, we saw all the flaws and all the ills that we were talking about. Couldn't hit Pete wide open guys, two hop and swing passes. Those are the things. You've got to be close in every game for Tim's magic to work, mm-hmm. and that's just a tough proposition in the NFL. I mean, it's just very difficult to say, I'm going to have a defense going to keep me in each and every game and hope that Tim's magic works in the fourth quarter every week. That's where, that's where the issue is. But I'm just telling you, Jake, as many fans as I've run into of Tim, I really wish he'd had one more shot so that we could put, you know, decide once and for all, mm-hmm. can this work, can this not work? Because I just got done reading Bruce Arian's book, Quarterback Whisper, and he's like, there is no way the quarterback, full quarterback run game sustained itself in the NFL. If He, he said, you're asking for nothing but trouble for your quarterback. So that's his, that's his view and take on it. With Tim, you have to include that. Because he can't just be a drop back and throw a 35 times a game guy and expect you to win football games.
2: What could have been. It would have been glorious to see indeed for a full season. Charles Davis, Fox NFL analyst, college football analyst, CFD22 on Twitter. Charles, uh, good talking to you. Enjoy uh, training camp, and we'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. All right.
1: Thanks for having me on. It's great chatting with you. You Take care of yourself, okay? Hopefully we'll cross paths soon.
2: For sure. Take care, Charles.
1: All right. Take care now. Bye-bye.